Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. My name is Peter. And my name is Ashton. Welcome back, Peter. Were you including me in welcome back everyone to the to the podcast? Yes. 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 How were your holiday flops? That they you were had? they were good. I did Oh yeah, did, is birthday that what you told plops. everyone yeah, I was yeah, doing birthday Whenever plops. anyone's away is plop time. It's plop yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. did plops. I've been plopping for about 10 days. I think well, uh, it was a, a, a week of uh, holiday a plops. Globe plopper. It was a week of holiday plops, and then we, yeah. me and you, have both done three days of work plops yes, together. We have. Yeah, yeah. Um, in Bristol, but yeah. So I've collectively been plopping for about ten days now. It feels like it's been ages since I've been in the office, mm. um, and here I am, and yeah. I'm glad to be back. Rock you like a hurricane. Are you okay, Ashton? Yes, I had two, I had two <laughs> That's days. Of, absolutely not a resounding. I had yes. two days of train plops. Yeah. Uh, so I had to take a day off because I ate cross country trains. Oh God, I ate them with a burning passion. And he sassed me on Twitter, and I was like, "This guy." They right. sassed you on oh, yeah, Twitter. I saw you. I saw, I you. saw that you added Peter. them. But so I added Peter them, being like, "You've cancelled all trains on this is on Monday. You've cancelled all trains to Peterborough, where I need to go to. Apart from Peterborough." Yeah. That's where he's from. Exactly. Where he is. It's his Apart borough. from um, the seven o'clock one. So I rested on being on Twitter to be like, is this definitely going to go ahead on time? Because I have a train to catch and it's the only train that I can possibly get. Mm. And he said, yes, of course it will. And then I was like, thank you, Peter. And then later on, when Help I Help me, Peter, I don't understand. I'm about to get on. The train line app just said delayed until midnight. And I was like... That's tomorrow. Um, no, what's going on? So I replied to Peter being like, is the train cancelled? Like, what's going on? And he said, just means your app's rubbish. And I went, Peter, this is not the time. Is that what he said? (laughs) said Word for word, just means your app's rubbish. Just means your app's rubbish. Use this website. And I was like, and then the train was 20 minutes delayed. And I didn't bother getting on it because I knew I was going to miss my next train. And I wasn't going to be able to get in home until like two o'clock in the morning. And then the next day, Mm. I rescheduled Mm. my trains to the next day. Yeah. Yeah. Same exact thing happened and i got home on tuesday at 1 30 a.m 
because of the trains. I spent an hour and 40 minutes in Peterborough train station. Making That's, content. I don't know terrible. if you've ever been to Peterborough yeah, train I have. station. It's yeah. got about the soul of, I don't know, like a flip flop. Of the rest of Peterborough, really. Yeah, which is not yeah, much. It's pretty, pretty dreadful town. And I cornered a guy and I was like, hi, I've just missed my train. I saw it leave the station and I was actually like raging. And I went, I've just missed my train. The next one's not until 10 to 10. Mm. Can I get on it? And he was like, yeah, but that's an hour and a half wait. Might as well go into town and get a drink rather than staying here. There's not a lot to do. And I went, I'm quite aware of that. <laughs> quite aware. So. Oh, yeah. So you had a wow. good time with Peter. Have yeah. you seen that uh, screenshot where um, someone like writes to Sainsbury's or something about mask mandates and uh, it, they get a reply from a member of staff at Sainsbury's and it says something like, um, uh, we will be, uh, we politely request that all of our shoppers uh, do wear a mask when they're in our stores. Karen. <laughs> and they reply underneath and they go, how dare you call me a Karen just for asking that question? And then someone else replies underneath and says, no, no, just to clarify, that was the name of the operative who was replying to uh, you, Jack or whatever. And so they, they all sign it, but like yeah. just says Karen. Yeah. That's funny. It's very good. Classic. Well, this is a video game podcast. Yeah. Uh, each and every week, we're sponsored by a very real video game adjacent sponsor. Peter Austin has the ad read in front of him right now. We do have a very real video game adjacent sponsor this week, and we actually have a real one. We are sponsored this week by this cat shirt. Have you noticed, if you're watching on video, that Ben and I are wearing cat shirts? I was meant to be wearing one, but not wearing a suitable bra, so... No, I am wearing a suitable bra. It's unlikely that that will affect uh, any of you who wear bras uh, listening to this. This is a test piece of merch, and this is not the final material that will be used. It's not. I mean, I'm not... I'm not clued up on T-shirt and bra technology, but uh, in any case, these will be available for about two weeks as of this uh, this podcast going out yep. um, early early May, and all profits go to the Cats Protection. It is a charity shirt. It is a charity shirt. What's on it, Ashton? Well, Ben, it's got me, you, and Peter on it in cat form. This is Ben. He's got a beard. Mm. This is me. I've got a knife, and this is Peter. He's little. He's, he's little. little. He's little. That's uh, all you need to know. He's got and his cheetah Austin. Favorite, cheetah Austin cheetah print. Um, console yeah. device. Gaming, gaming stuff, stuff on, there. on there. And I think it's pretty good. I do. I really like it. It's yeah. weird. I'm, I'm looking down my shirt and I didn't wear a bra today, actually. It's a pretty good thing that I didn't. You got your nip-nops out. I got my nip-nops <laughs> all the way out, Ashton. All the way out. Should have worn a white one, Ben. That's what yeah. I did. So, yes, you're right. Mm. Uh, so this is an amazing piece of merchandise. It's only available, as Peter said, for two weeks. Uh, it is a pre-order only item in that we're not, we're not, I think we're only making the amount that are ordered. All the proceeds go to Cats Protection. It's a great design. And uh, we want to thank you for coming along and supporting our Cats Protection stream earlier in the week as well. We're doing lots of yeah. stuff for cats at the moment, so come get this really nice shirt. If I've you just realised you can tell yeah. I'm the girl cat because I've got eyelashes. You've got eyelashes. And, and I've got nails. I've got claws. Are they and not you because you're dangerous? Well, I don't know. I'm, Peter's pretty dangerous too and hasn't got claws. Am I? Do I have to remind you of the butternut squash situation? No, you don't. Well, that's true, but you're you're the knife squash one. Squash guy, Ashton. True. You're I the just, knife one. But I do have eyelashes. That's how you can tell. It's yes. ironic that Ashton is the knife one, but I'm the one who was going yeah, like that. Yeah, I think this all the time. Yeah. Everyone well, says I shouldn't be dressed with a knife. Stereo Tom's a stereo Tom's for a reason. Triplejumpshop.com if you would like to come and check out these shirts. Remember, very, very limited time. Also, before we go any further, we've got something else to talk about. Oh, we do. An actual kind of sort of other sponsor. Look at this amazing thing. Wow. 
right here. I don't know if it's that obvious on camera. Ashton, talk us through that. So uh, you may have seen on Twitter this week that Ballantyne's finest, the blended Scotch whiskey company, have partnered with Moxie off of the Borderlands to bring out Moxie's bar edition um, whiskey. Yes. So that she's like the CGEO, like... Says in there, there's a piece of paper in there that will tell you all about it. Look at this lovely sleeve. Oh, there it all, and it comes out like that. She is the chief galactic expansion officer for Valentine's, and they're doing a collaboration. You can get them on their website, I think. I think they're like 20 something pounds. And it's pretty nice. It's pretty nice. We'll get the bottle out because the bottle's pretty cute as well. Pretty fancy. And also, I think if you scan it, you get an exclusive outfit for your character in Borderlands 3? Yes, what? so Moxie has starred in a responsible drinking PSA video um, and of course here is the Moxie limited edition bottle of whiskey. To celebrate there will be exclusive streamer missions, handcrafted cocktails um, and keeping you up to date, Moxie will be sharing the news on her new Twitter at Moxie's Finest that's Moxie with two X's Look how nice this it's is. It's a really cool bottle We've We're put about some Twitter, to... uh, pictures on Twitter so you can yes. look at it in high definition Bar edition, that one. We're about to sincerely piss off a lot of uh, whiskey and scotch fans now by pouring a small amount into a mug and having Pepsi Max with it I because it is 10 a.m. Pepsi Max with it. Okay. You're not. You're just going to have it neat. I'm going to decide how much you have then because <laughs> I'm going to be responsible. Well, you don't put the same amount in. Like, um, I'm not going to. Okay, Does it? A, well, I mean, are you going to have a full shot's Ooh, worth of whiskey? Smells like whiskey. Let's have a snifter. <laughs> <laughs> oh. How much were you It's half to past have? ten in the morning. I don't know, a tiny bit. Okay, well, the... just give me the same amount. I'll have I'm the Star Wars it. mug, please. Yeah, I know, you are. That's fine, thank you. <laughs> Goodness <laughs> me. I don't want a full... It's not That's a lot. Barely any it's not a lot in there no, at no, all. It's, not. it's, it's a sorry. dribble, if anything. I'm getting a little bit on the table. That's, that's travel all the way from Pandora, Ben. Sorry. Pandora. Pandora, yes. Yeah. It's a limited edition bottle of whiskey. It's called Moxie's Bar Edition. Can't even um, get the bloody lid on. There we go. You can smell it. There's like a letter from Moxie here that's written in her like dialect. Her dialect? What's the word? Her tongue. Her I was going to say tongue, but didn't want to say tongue. What's the word yeah. when it's... I just said it twice. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Her, her um, Lex- vernacular. Yeah, maybe. My God. Actually, I think the pleasure will be yours because I've boxed one up and sealed it with a kiss just for you. I wanted you to have the first taste because you know you've always been special to me. Did you know that? No, well, yeah. Hmm. And for your viewing pleasure, we've also put together a little video starring ASMR. (laughs) It's just noise. (laughs) Asthma. Um, I've got asthma. I've got asthma. (laughs) (laughs) A little video starring yours truly to encourage you to enjoy my Valentine's limited edition scotch responsibly. Not necessarily at 10.30am. Not at 10.30am when you're at work. Go on, scan that cute little QR code at the bottom of the letter to watch to your heart's content. If it wasn't generous enough, there's also a code and bottle that'll give you a new look to wander around Pandora in. Oh, and of course, there's something you can do for me. Yes. Sit yourself down and enjoy a glass. Maybe even snap me a picture if you want. I'd like that. Tag it, hashtag Moxie's Finest to make sure I see it. All right. I'm just thrilled to yeah. have you to be part of this. And okay. don't forget to come down to Moxie's and yeah. see me sometime, sugar. Well, yeah. Moxie. Cheers, Moxie. I have managed to get uh, whiskey all over the table. Ashton, are you sure you don't want some Pepsi You've just complained about your tummy issues. That's because of hot wings, not because of whiskey. Okay. All right. Right. (laughs) It's medicinal. Cheers, Moxie. Cheers, Moxie. Thanks. Mm. 
That's nice. <laughs> oh, it's actually quite nice. Me and Ben are like, mm, and mm. you're Pepsi Max. You good, Ashton? Yeah. Yeah, she's <laughs> yeah. fine. I think everyone should enjoy lukewarm, straight from the box whiskey. And also lukewarm, straight from the next to the fridge, but not quite in the fridge, Pepsi Max. That's it's, awesome. The Pepsi is colder than I expected, but it's not It's not warm. Well, warm exactly but, warm. Yeah. So. Well, this podcast could be... Should I put this here? Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Could be about to get really interesting. Uh, we'll see how we get on. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash Team Triple Jump as well. We're on 9.6 thousand followers. We are so Ooh. close so, to the so finish close. line. Please go and follow our Facebook page there and then we'll stop asking you question one. It's from Robert Mansell who says, Hey Bap, pre-warning, I will be using Splinter Cell as my example for this question. Okay, thank you. Mm. I was wondering, what do you think the best direction a forgotten franchise should go in to try and become relevant again? Should they continue on with a new game in the same continuity? A reboot starting from the beginning again and maybe modifying the narrative? Remastering a semi-competent game such as Blacklist? Or remaking an early game slash games? You know when they test like animatronics for like a puppet on a film and they can move all the facial muscles? Let me know. Yeah, that's what just happened. I just saw every single facial muscle on Ashton's face moving. Did she have another sip while I was in the middle of... Yeah, she did. Let me know, Rob P. Rob P. Dot S. Love you all very much. (laughs) Yes, P.S. Thank you, Rob. Thank you. Sometimes when you... um, take a question from Patreon and put it in Word. It like smushes it all up. So any like paragraphs or like yeah, there's no, uh, entries that you've done just get smushed in. I yeah. could format gone. it again, but I don't want to waste the paper. He's got the time. It's only your job. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's let's see your answer. I'm joking. Okay. I'm joking. Uh, answers. I? Um, I really want Dino Crisis to come back. What are you? Stop why are you it. going back for more? I'm quite enjoying it. Actually. Okay, well that's fine. Okay. But you're not having any more. Just no, no, I don't. It's ten o'clock in the morning. We'll I know it's work. ten o'clock in the morning. <laughs> it is, and yet, and yet, and yet. Uh, I want Dino Crisis to come back. Capcom were real mean recently, and they were like <gasps> dinosaurs. And everyone was like, "What?" And then it was that asymmetric Final Fantasy dinosaurs. Yeah. It's way more Final Fantasy than... Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Survival that weird, Horror, like... I thought you meant it was actual like, Final Fantasy, like, We're, we're having another then. storm. Like, Here comes but, the, yeah. the dinosaur tsunami, cataclysm. So. Yeah, I don't know what it's called. Yeah, it's rubbish. It was crazy looking. Um, but was. I would like to see Dino Crisis come back. Either as, like, if they, if they feel that it needs updating... If they wanted to, like, reboot it as an FPS, but, like, a competent one, maybe a, a very sort of linear uh, cinematic thing, mm. sort of a la early Halo with interesting set pieces, that could be cool. Or probably the, the easiest thing to do would just be to do it in the kind of Resident Evil remake style that they've been doing recently. So again, you get rid of the fixed camera angles, but you could do a third-person shooter. And, uh, I don't know how good that would look in the RE engine. Well, well, exactly. They've got the engine already, and they know that people are lapping those things up. I can't... I've got to imagine they know that people want it and that maybe when they've sort of got through the various Resident Evil remakes they're doing, that perhaps they'll move on to Dino Crisis. That would be nice. Because, you know, the Resi 4 remake is basically confirmed. Um, Mm. They don't talk about it, but everyone knows it's happening. So that's what they're working on at the moment. Uh, But it would be nice if Dino Crisis could make a return. So please, Capcom. Please, please, please. Um, I don't have a specific game in mind, but I think that, like... There is a lot of um, a lot of scope for a reboot for a lot of games. I think that newer players may appreciate a reboot, whereas I think a lot of players who have the nostalgia for it might prefer a remaster. Um, I think you can do a really good job with a reboot 
and still feel like the people who have the nostalgia for the first set of games or game um, could still feel that they were appreciated and included in the reboot. Like mm-hmm. a lot of n- nods to the original is always always a, a bonus for a lot of people. People love that. They people love that. lap it up. They lap yeah. it up. They ap- like you can play a, a, like Astro's Playroom, whatever. Was there anyone that was called Astro's, Astro's Playroom, wasn't it? Astro. Mm. What was the name? Astro yes. Bot. Astro Bot. Astro's Playroom. No. Or was that the what? first one? There's yeah, the Playroom. What's the one? There's Astro Bot Rescue Mission. And then the one that was that came with the, the PS5 is... Astro's Playroom, not oh, the Playroom. Is it Astro's Playroom? It's got Astro in it. Either way, people playing that game and seeing all of the references in Astro's, whatever it's called, <laughs> um, loved it. I loved it. And there was games I never played. And I was like... <laughs> I know what that is. I'm so smart. But like, I I really enjoyed that. And I think a lot of games can do, not necessarily that kind of like gimmicky, but can introduce things that players have enjoyed from the previous games into a reboot and people will still love it. I think that obviously it depends game to game. A lot of the time when we talk about reboots and stuff, we talk about um, it depends game to game and every Every game is different and they're yeah. all beautiful. Yeah. Um, but some are more beautiful than <laughs> others and some are just ugly. Than others. Um, they're beautiful in an ugly way. Um, but yeah, I think that, you know, remastering or rebooting is dependent on the game you've got. And I think that there is no, all games should be rebooted or all games should be remastered. But you know what I would like? I would like them to reboot bad games. Yes. We've got a lot of good yeah. games. Haze. Hey, why not? Why not reboot all the all the crap ones? Make them good. Yeah. Mm. I'd like that. Yeah, I'd like that too. Yeah. yeah it'd be a good idea. A good idea. There's lots of different approaches. Um, I think going in terms of sort of reigniting in, um, interest in a slightly dormant or, or decaying franchise, uh, a remake is obviously a good way to go. We've had that with Crash and Spyro and yeah. then... We haven't had a fourth Spyro game yet, but that did indeed spawn a fourth Crash game. Mm-hmm. And you yep. have to imagine that a fourth Spyro game is probably coming at a some point. A lot of rumors, yeah, Fingies as well. Uh, if you're going to reboot something, you got to look no further than God of War. That's probably the the gold standard for yeah. rebooting a franchise in that it doesn't it doesn't um, strike out everything that came before it, and it includes it in its own way, but it's still adapts itself to modern gaming and all the advances that have been made since the original games came out. It acknowledges its past, the past of its character, but also is a fresh starting point for new players to come on board Mm -hmm. as well. Self-contained. Exactly. Uh, And then, I mean, if you're Capcom, you can just release Resident Evil 7, which is fantastic and gets everyone really excited about Resident Evil again, and then make two fantastic remakes back-to-back with 2 and 3, and then do Resident Evil 8. Yeah. If sometimes that everything just goes your way and then interest in the series has never been higher, but reboots in a sense, I suppose, are, are relevant to Resi because Resi 7 was very much a departure from what came mm. before. Mm-hmm. And then they went back to uh, third person but remade Resident Evil 2, which was obviously incredible. But the uh, the common trend there among, um, th- with, with that going so well for Capcom and Resident Evil is that those games were really good. And if you're going to reboot something, if you're going to remake something, if you're going to remaster something, it has to be good or it can do more. Uh, harm than 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 benefits, should mm. we say, to, to the franchise. Thirteen, for example, yes, a remake of a of a cult classic, and it has probably 
almost guaranteed that we will never see any more 13 for the rest of well, time. Sales went up for the original, Yes, didn't they? they did, because <laughs> the remake was so bad. So it's a gamble in the sense that, yes, you can cash in on nostalgia, but you have to make sure that the game is at least good, because otherwise... You again, you, you could just make sure that this franchise is never heard of again. If God of War was rubbish, mm. then we'd probably never see Kratos ever yeah. again. Probably. It's like the uh Lara Croft reboots that they did, um, the three of them, Squeenix, mm. they're really good and they don't rely on the other games, but they have lots of nods to the other games in them. And they did really well, and I think they're making another one. Oh, yeah. they, that? Mm-hmm. they did, they are mm. Crystal Dynamics, yeah, yeah yes, Crystal Dynamics, mm-hmm. of course. Um, but yeah, I think that reboots are, are great. And if they're done well, like Ben says, then they're pretty, pretty tasty. They've got to be done well, then. I think there's rumors of a Sly Cooper, Sly Raccoon uh, thing coming from a, a PlayStation yeah. studio, possibly. Uh, or I don't know who who holds the rights for those games now. but um, oh, Sony. Yeah, is it still Sony? Yeah, yeah. Oh, because he was in All Stars, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's another one that I think, if it goes really badly, we will never, ever, ever Probably see Sly not. again. Probably but, not. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's been optioned for like four films, although every video game license has been. Mm. Isn't yeah. making a Minecraft film? Yeah. It's got Jason Momoa in it. Of course it has. What's is that everyone going to Are the people going to be all cubes? Is it just going to be full I CG? Well I, think hope it's, so. I think it's animate. I don't think it's oh, that's IRL. Not exciting. I want to see sure. Jason Momoa dressed up as a creeper. <laughs> just with it. his face. Yeah. Think about it. Yes, just with a whole cut <laughs> yeah. his face. And it looks really muscly. Because mm-hmm. he's just a buff creeper. He's got mm-hmm. extra bumps on him. Yeah. And he's only on screen for, They've for five him, seconds. And his only line, his only word is hiss. Yeah. And, then, and then he dies because <laughs> yeah. he explodes. Oh. The end. Great. Uh, it's time to move on to something we've never done before. No, it's a new segment in honor of Peter being back mm. from his What's this about? You didn't warn me about this. Holy Plops. Plop yeah. day. What's it called? It's called What We Play In. Mm. It's what we play in time. It's time to talk about what we have been playing. Peter, you have famously been home and have had access mm, to games over the, past week. over the last week. It's a bit now. awkward that you've come up with this segment just for me returning because uh, last time I recorded a podcast was a Thursday, uh, like two weeks ago. And then that night I spent, I mean, I think I stayed late at work because I had loads to do. And then I spent the evening getting ready to go. Then on Friday, I left. Then I was away for a week. <laughs> The pause after that. With no console or computer to hand, just my phone. I could have played uh, Project, Makeover. Project Makeover, but I didn't. Uh, then I very, very briefly came back on Sunday evening and went to bed straight away because we had a flight at, well, we had to get up at 6 a.m. Wow, earlier than that. Yeah. Okay. Listen, it was an early <laughs> It was day. easier for me, I guess. I live near the airport. Oh, I, was, I didn't mean anything by that. It was not, I've had it. So no, no, I know you didn't. I'm it was a saying. very early start on, yeah. on, on the bank holiday Monday for us. Then we went to Bristol and we got back last night um, and I did not, I was going to, I said to Ben on the Metro home, I was like, oh, I've not played anything for like 10 days and we've got the podcast tomorrow. <laughs> and he was like, do not force yourself to play episode two of Star Wars Lego. Which we is, were, yeah, we were on the bus to the airport. There was a there billboard. Was a big advert for Lego Star Wars. I was Star like, oh, I, I need, like, to, play oh, I need to go home and play <laughs> some of that. Like, no, 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 no. I really want to, but it, d- despite it being one of my more anticipated games of this year, all I've played of Lego Star Wars is the the ch- kind of minimum chunk I needed to do to be able to do the quip scope on it and talk about it on the podcast the first mm. time round. So all I've done is play through episode one and it was just Jar Jar screaming in cutscenes. <laughs> uh, and the spooky robot. And the spooky robot, yeah. So I'm really looking forward to playing more of it, but I'm afraid... In nearly two weeks, I've not played a video game at all. So disgraceful. 
I've sat and watched some 2K22 and commentated on it. Yes, so. we have both watched at least three hours of wrestling game. So yeah, <laughs> a checkmate. Obviously. <laughs> Uh, yeah, more on that at the end. Are we talking about that? What we did this week? Uh, that- yeah, is there a what we what we've been doing? What section? we've been doing? Well, you know, the, <laughs> what the, we up to? The sort of announcements we did. Ben and I did some commentary for Yogslam at Yogscast, so yes. there's probably a vod available available for that. Yeah, somewhere. we'll stick it on the we'll stick it in the joint stream playlist for our uh, for, for the vods channel. But uh, yeah, Peter and I were brought down. Very exciting. Um, yeah. to, to first I time wasn't we've been invited. No, I'm just joking. Because they don't they don't know you. They like, don't know they you know like us. that. Famously, they love Peter and I. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it was, yeah, quite surprising to get that email. But even so, it was really fun. And we thank them for having a great us. time. Thank yeah. you to those of you who caught wind of the fact that we were there and uh, tuned in because I think there were a few people yeah, uh, in from the, the Triple Jump audience showing up for the chat. Mm-hmm. It was, it was sure. a good laugh. It was. Good love. Yeah. Ashton, have you played any video games? Well, Peter, no worries that you haven't played any Lego Star Wars because that's practically all I've played this week. Oh, is nice. Lego Star Wars. Nice. Uh, we've finished the original trilogy and the prequels, and we've just started episode seven. Oh, never mind. And I. Oh, is this going to be another week of Ashton Matthews? Does she like games or not? <laughs> yeah. And then in two weeks, you'll say, you know what? I really like that game. I, it's going to be Guardians. I don't know. Um, this game is interesting and has lots of good things about it. Yeah. But also is just so weird mm. in how it's chosen to do certain things. Have you finished episode one? Finished episode one. Yeah. Right. So I episode one, I would say, is the weakest of all of the like levels that you have to do in, in the game. It was a bit disjointed i thought or like really strange really like what they chose to make into a level yeah. and not make into a level well that continues for the entire game mm-hmm. um but episode six is by far the buggiest or oh, is it episode seven episode six and seven really really buggy oh, no. so much so that we've had to like that's the only time i've had to restart a level multiple times because <gasps> i kept breaking and it was because Two of the cheats don't work in a certain level. So there's a thing where you can get like a super gonk that's gold and a porg that like hangs out with you the whole time. Right. But if you have them during a Palpatine fight, um, they just break it. You oh, can't no. do it. And then you have to restart it a couple of times. But there's just like a really weird choice of levels and like really strange moments that they've chosen to kind of focus their efforts on making into levels. Like mm-hmm. I find that constantly throughout. Um, and then there's certain bits where like, they're like, walk down this corridor and turn left and then go into the bubble that says start the level. And I'm like, why were we even in this area to begin with? Why didn't you just start the level? Um, but I mean, I've been enjoying kind of unlocking characters and picking up bricks and stuff. We still haven't 100%ed any area in the game. Right. Um, they And you don't get one of the characters that you need for a lot of the puzzles earlier on in the game until episode six, until you go to the Ewok. Is that seven? Uh, six is Ewoks, yeah. Okay, so you don't unlock one of the types of class. Well, you unlock it, but you can't use it until episode six. Right. So you can't actually do a bunch of the, like, collectible stuff. Um, But I'm enjoying, like, kind of running around and smashing things. We've got the times 10 multiplier cheat now. So we've got, like, times... 3,840 for all of our studs. We're over a five, we're over like six billion studs wow. now. We, d- we have enough studs that we could buy everything in the game and right. still have studs left. Um, but yeah, we've we've been enjoying playing it together, but there's definitely times where we're like, what, why this? Why have you chosen this as the thing that's like 
the level. Mm-hmm. It's really weird. But I mean, we'll probably, we're going to finish it. We're going to 100% it whether we like it or not. But we are going to finish the whole thing. Because um, we have to now. Because there's 1,116 bricks to collect. And we need to collect all of them. Because yeah. I know there's 1,116 in the game. So we have to have them all. That's so many. Uh, it is a it lot. Is a lot. It? That is an awful we're lot. We're on episode seven. I think we've got 300 and something. Gosh. So I think I've got two. Excited. <laughs> well, I've got none. Yeah, I haven't even started it up yet. Yeah, you got lots of lots of work through. Yeah, I've got I've got all one over a thousand bricks to collect. Yeah, um, and then last night for the first time in a couple of weeks, played some more Tiny Tina. Um, oh my god! Okay, what's the latest on this? We only did a side quest um, that led to a different area, and I I have to give it credit that side quests are really fleshed out. There's areas that you go to that you wouldn't bother going to if you just did the main quest like there's full levels full like massive levels i have to say that are just for side quests so far which i think is really good if you're like if you've got loads of time and you want to you like kind of exploring the game and finding all of the stuff um but there is definitely a lot of like a lot of content in the levels and a lot of stuff to do i just still can't get over the fact that they're releasing dlc for it and it's still broken yeah like it's so soon as well for this dlc to um, come out but i don't know if it is dlc if it's season pass i think it's season pass dlc but i don't think it's actually like a yeah it's not like story stuff i think it's it's some sort of like really it's like end game content because their player numbers plummeted after the first two weeks like no one's playing people aren't really playing it anymore so they're already trying to like but this is the, this is my problem with Borderlands Three. Sorry, Moxie, I'm just going to turn you away so you don't. Yeah, hear don't want to hear this. Speak like Borderlands Borderlands 3. Yeah. This is my issue with Borderlands Three: is the stuff that they were cramming in to to try and keep players engaged, mm. the live service stuff, which was entirely optional. But I just found it so annoying. It was annoying, especially those bloody ghost. when the Halloween thing started and you those couldn't disable ghost it. Ghost skull things. Ghost skull things would randomly pop out of enemies, right. and they were just a gigantic pain in the ass. But it wasn't just that that uh, literal annoyance. It was just the it's not what I want from Borderlands mm. at all. And this kind of stuff, if I had the season, if I paid for the season pass, I'd be really pissed off that this this is the kind of content that I'm mm. getting. I want the big story expansions. And they did do that for Borderlands 3. But the live service stuff was not really what I was interested in at all. Yeah. And the fact that this, that Wonderland's season pass includes live service style stuff as part of the season pass, I'd be really annoyed. That's yeah. not what I want from Wonderlands or Borderlands. But I think that like the menus don't always work. You have to wait like 20 minutes for your quest log to pop up to like make it work. The me- like the inventory you experienced this last week on stream. Oh, it just, just totally broke. Gets rid of things. Like you look and you can see everything in your inventory, but you can't see anything. There's no icons anything. or Nothing's anything. Nothing's coming up. I was brief. Like we had so many connection issues, yeah. even though we were on the same network right next to each other, yeah. and I got shot up into the sky. And yeah. I, <laughs> on your screen, I've like just kept running until <laughs> I ran off a pier and died right. into the sea. <laughs> Just yeah. ran right into the sea. But on my screen, I was just, I was in a completely different place. Yeah. But the, the internet connection had completely lagged out. The shift network was just not. They use their own time. networks and mm. it's just not good. It just doesn't work. Yeah. I just think that there's so much potential in this game. And I just can't believe that they are releasing a DLC for a game that, in so many ways, is still broken and doesn't always work and just is, has a lot of problems in it. And I'm, I know that I slagged this game off a lot and I am going to keep playing it but it's just sometimes i'm thinking like maybe i won't keep playing it but i really love borderlands and i really want to like see this through and finish Mm. the story and like play the game on paladin mark ashton (laughs) won't you please come and finish my game please help me save the 
this lovely area. Peter has absolutely it's really no idea what's going but, on. I'm a big fan. Yeah, but I just, man, I just feel so conflicted about it, but I, I'm i going to keep playing it. You know who is perfect, though? Me. Oh, Moxie. Moxie. And Peter Austin. And yeah. Peter Moxie Austin. and Peter Austin. Yeah. I think maybe I'm just going to stop talking about it on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. I think maybe I'm just not going to talk about it. I mean, keep it clearly makes it, you quite cross. I just have a lot of feelings. Yeah, yeah. I know. Well, I've heard it's all right. You're allowed to have feelings. <laughs> but that's all I've been playing this week, okay. so... What about you, Ben Potter? I did finish Moss Book 2. Oh, I did do that. Oh, nice. nice. It's and coming I, to Quest 2. It is. It's it's coming to different platforms, as, as discussed last week. We were wondering when that was going to happen. Um, oh, it's so good. It's so lovely. Oh, there go the facial muscles again. <laughs> it looks it looks lovely. The first one looked lovely as well. It's mm. really nice, and it's not that long. <laughs> and there was a brief period where I did fall asleep in the VR headset and that was mildly terrifying. Yes, I don't know if you've I ever fallen asleep in the VR headset. I've never fallen asleep in a VR headset, no. I just, right, so there's this, because it's, because the original PSVR is now quite old and Moss Book 2, I don't imagine, pushes it that hard, but even so, it takes a little while to load between areas sometimes and it fades to black and I was really tired. <laughs> I was on like no sleep. And so every time it would fade to black, I'd just sort of start nodding off because I'd just be in this sensory deprivation chamber, basically. (laughs) And so (laughs) one point I did fall asleep. And then there was like this little bug thing that has like a gun arm and fires projectiles at you. And I woke up to this like tiny mouse going, in like, 3D. Oh no, Moss has died. Not Moss, Quill. Quill has died. Whiskey's a bit strong, isn't it? Mm. Uh, yeah, Quill has died, and um, it's a great game. I really like it. And there's lots of um, she has different weaponry that you can choose from this time for mm. different puzzles and to defeat different enemies. And there's some interesting, like mind bending perspective puzzles. Like you, you switch planes of existence. Like if you're on the wall or like on the floor or on the ceiling and stuff you go through the i don't know how to explain it but it's really good and so as soon as it comes to another platform that you have access to ashen you should play it absolutely yeah but i haven't actually got a quest 2 which is coming to i have a rift s so but my boyfriend has a quest 2 okay well there you go i've already said when it comes out i'm just gonna go home and i'm just not talk to him sorry i'm going sorry i've got a meeting with quill yeah i've got to help a tiny mouse explore a castle i need to go to sleep in a loading screen There was another bit when I was, yeah, very tired and uh, there was quite an emotional moment and uh, it did it did make me very sad. Aww. Aww. This, this small, this, this small mouse. Ma- uh, yeah, a little bit. This tiny mouse was okay like... It's to have feelings. No one can see you cry when you've got a VR headset <laughs> yeah. on. Yeah, apart from just, just, just the water slowly <laughs> filling up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. It was, it, was, it was an emotional moment, but I think I was on literally one hour's sleep and there's this little tiny anthropomorphic mouse that was like really upset and i was like oh no oh no i can't do anything to help the tiny mouse right now and then have the i don't have the ability to do that and that sucked yeah. um but yeah great game moss book two uh, i don't know if anyone's even got their psvr hooked up anymore <laughs> i bloody well didn't but uh do play it if you can it's good stuff is it worth rehooking up your playstation vr for i think as a last as i said in the quipscope as a last hurrah mm. for playstation vr then yes, it is worth playing and then putting it back in the box. Didn't get a chance forever. to start you forever. That's what I'm going to do. Mm. Didn't get a chance to start Blood and Truth, though, which is my next goal. Play through that. That really will be my last hurrah for, for, oh, for the PSVR, the game, yeah. PSVR mm-hmm. and, and then that's going back in the box. But that's all I've been playing. Okay. <laughs> well, it's time for question two. This comes from Cameron Keyword. Hello, BAP. Do you think that video gaming has... 
Do you think that video gaming has positively or negatively affected your mental health during the pandemic era? I'm writing my master's degree dissertation on the topic and I'd love some of your thoughts. Kind regards, Cameron Keyword, unofficial triple jump Welsh correspondent. Thanks, Cameron. Thanks, Cameron. Uh, I, for a lot of the, for lockdown, uh, the the main lockdown that we had, the first one, Mm. um, I... The first of many. Yeah. (laughs) uh, I was at my parents' place without access to a console although i say that i was streaming i think uh for some of that so did i only stream emulate yeah maybe i just did everything on pc and an emulator or maybe i took my playstation with me i can't even remember now i don't think i did take my playstation with me because the, my answer to the question is i didn't play a lot of console games during the first major lockdown however uh almost as a result of that i uh got a lot out of playing the likes of jackbox and kind of um, browser games that you can play with your friends while you're on Zoom or whatever, or sometimes that you know, like Zoom or whatever it is, has games built in. Mm. And I think all of that kind of stuff, particularly in that first lockdown, was an absolute godsend for a lot of people. Mm. Um, I know famously everyone was doing like Zoom quizzes with their family and things like I that. I miss God. Zoom quizzes. No, so you don't. Bad. You flipping yes, liar. I do. I, I do a little quizzes. bit. No. When was the last time you did a quiz post lockdown? Um, literally for my mum's Mother's Day for Mother's Day it was my mum's birthday I was trying to remember okay, something to well, do with my mum Mother's Day we did a Mother's Day Zoom quiz mm-hmm. oh so you did a Zoom quiz still yeah yeah because I wasn't there lucky and did you not like it I just think it's so bloody boring I learned so many facts great give us one octopuses have three hearts huh octopuses have three hearts well that's not right because they've got seven haven't they Peter uh no well, they've got like they've got seven, haven't they, Peter? I think they've got eight or nine brains. Okay, see, there you they've go. got a brain per brain. limb, and then maybe brains, maybe one in their head as well. It might be nine. But I, I think three hearts sounds about right. And I black hated blood. Zoom quizzes. Blue blood. Blue blood. Yeah. I hated. You they're very, didn't do enough they're, Zoom they're very wealthy. They went to a posh school. <laughs> There's blue blooded doctor. <laughs> I hated Zoom quizzes, and uh, I found them to be a real pain oh, in the ass. In I fact, I was the one in my family that had to say, "Can we stop doing these now?" I'm getting bored of these. Oh, no. no. This is the first time I spoke to some of my cousins in like five years. Oh, it wasn't even <laughs> was that bag. It was, the, it was just my immediate family, but they were all locked down together. Yeah. Mm. And I was on my own up here. All right. So they when were we were doing these quizzes, they're, they're probably doing it for you. Out. Well, no. <laughs> yeah, well, probably. But the, they were all like having a laugh and like bickering and like Drinking. bantering with each other. And I was just sat there like in front of my, having worked a full day in this with bedroom. With the audio cutting in out. In this corner of my bedroom <laughs> at my desk. And I've just sat there on camera like i really just want to go look at good good screen in the other room you know <laughs> i want to look at the nice screen where the uh, where the uh, television you know the tv shows are on there family guys in that one but mm-hmm. in this one i got my family you and got zoom quizzes you got regular some guys from, family. got family father instead. from my point of view there we so we were all locked down together there were five of us in the house mm. and i think it helped us to, to call other people in as well like so we called my cousins up uh who were in several different houses and my aunt and we would do zoom quizzes together and then also me and amy would sometimes just go off to a room with a laptop and call my school friends and then we would sometimes do like not always quizzes but we would play like we found a like a cards against humanity knockoff Mm -hmm. online and um we would play jackbox and stuff so for me i found that really good purely from like a kind of you know, a social interaction point of view and just being able to like connect with people outside of the four horrid walls <laughs> I was trapped in 
for a lot of lockdown. I think um, may- maybe maybe it was the uh, the situation that I found myself yeah. in particular. A lot of the situation, just because I yeah. just sat there so tired. Yeah, like I'm not part of this conversation i don't know if they're talking to me or not and they're all in the same room in fact they were all in the same room definitely i can see why you would feel it zoom quizzes in the way that you should have experienced a zoom quiz Mm -hmm. what with other people yeah 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 i hate zoom quizzes um the worst but since then since since i got out of the the first lockdown um i feel like really my 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 gaming has just been kind of normal. I've not kind of needed it as a kind of a pick me up for anything sort of pandemic related. And it's certainly not made me feel any worse. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's, that's all right. Really. Um, didn't, didn't really affect me after the first lockdown. Yeah. Pandemic's still going on, but I'm just playing games as I probably normally would be. Mm -hmm. I entered what I would call during the lockdown, a both physical, bubble and a social bubble in that I just decided that I just wasn't going to talk to anyone apart from people who actively said come to my Zoom quiz please um, and I just didn't really do a lot I mean we played for people's birthdays we'll do like a Jackbox or a mm-hmm. Zoom quiz uh, for an evening um, and that was always nice but for the most part I didn't play games with other people I just me and my partner would either play games together or we would play games separately in the same room um because we worked in obviously we worked in the same room and we lived in the same room and we had one room and one bedroom and that was where we spent all of our time but to be honest had actually a really good time in the first lockdown i um had started my previous job one month before we went into lockdown and i was just kind of figuring things out as I went but Mm -hmm. I I had managed to find time in my day to always be able to do my Animal Crossing Island in the morning and afternoon and evening even when I was working how how much work did you need to do on your island surely that's a one once a day if I was like catching like fish or if I was like doing some like trying to get money and stuff Mm. it was I had a big Animal Crossing three months as I think everyone did well yeah that's I practically like hunted down a switch looking so I could play Animal Crossing because I wanted to play it so bad. Um, But I played Animal Crossing a lot for the first three months. And I also, to be honest, I just played all the games I hadn't really had time to play Mm -hmm. um, before or hadn't really had the facilities because I wasn't having to come home from work. I also was just recovered from a broken leg. So I was finally able to walk around again, which meant I could play VR games. So I played a lot of VR um, over lockdown as well. I used it as kind of just like, time to just go through my backlog a lot of the time because if I didn't have a lot to do at work I could sit with my laptop to my left and play video games on my computer <laughs> um so it was all good no my, one needed to know they don't need to know I got all my work done I was a model employee I got an award whoa <laughs> you got an award so that first best multitasker for us when you were working from home I was really good did you behave yeah okay mm-hmm. we'll never know second month though oh, that's really bad <laughs> um, <Absolute history>. <laughs> But I, yeah, I think that I really enjoyed playing video games while I was mid-pandemic. But I don't know if it was like, it didn't, ne- didn't definitely didn't negatively affect me. Mm. But I don't know if it was like something that I just did because there was really nothing else to do. And it just, we just played games. Or if it was just like, not, it wasn't negative, but it wasn't positive. It was yeah. just normal. Mm. I mean, the first, to be honest, I really enjoyed lockdown. I had a really good time. I really liked working from home. Got to hang out with my cat and I enjoyed my some parts of it, yeah. 
I, I really liked lockdown yeah. as well. I got a kitten as well. So like it was really fun just hang out with my cat all day and just see yeah. whatever goofy stuff she was doing <laughs> all the time. Mm-hmm. But then the second lockdown was not as good. And I definitely think that like there was a lot of times where I couldn't play games. I just couldn't do anything really in the second lockdown. I think I was like really done with everything of like, I don't want to be inside anymore. I want to go out. And I couldn't. So mm. first lockdown, definitely video games were like constant because we were stuck inside. But second lockdown, I think I was like, get me out of this house, mm-hmm. please. So, so yeah, both I was, positive and negative, I guess. I was going to say about Animal Crossing, like in, in my case, I didn't have a Switch or Animal Crossing, but mm. I know famously... It was sort of the Everyone lockdown game, wasn't it? it? Yeah. I mean, you probably... Were you playing it, Ben? Not much. No. <laughs> I, I played it for maybe one week, and I was like, this, oh, really? is, this is such a job. Mm. I can't be asked anymore. Yeah. And I checked in on it like a couple of times since, but it's it just never really helped me. I attention. always checked in to see how much my parsnips were selling for. Because oh, yeah. you had to buy them at a certain time, and you had turnip. to sell turnips. That's turnip. what I meant, sorry. Yeah. Um, and then it's you had to, parsnips, <laughs> parsnips <doesn't> it? <laughs> um, and then like you'd have to go and it, you'd have to. I was like on a Facebook page where they'd be like, My turnips are selling for so and so many. That's bells. how Elijah Wood and went I'd to that like, person's island, yeah, as we covered and, on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he did, didn't he? Turnips. Because she had a crazy turnip price. So Elijah yeah. Wood just DM'd her on yeah. Twitter, Yeah, like, can I come to your <laughs> island, please? And they all posted was an photos. article about it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I was doing that quite a lot, so yeah, that's what. I think. And that is what lockdown gaming means to That's me. That's what lockdown gaming means to moi. I think oh, I miss the that pandemic, I don't, I think the <laughs> pandemic really showed the power and the value of video games. Uh, so many wow. more people were brought into gaming mm-hmm. who, who were just looking for things to do. I remember when we first started doing podcasts from home, mm. we would say, we were lamenting on this podcast that, um, that oh we just like we just like have even more to do like it it feels like there's just so much to do and we're yeah we're at home now but like we're I still don't have much time for games yeah like, I remember us saying that but then as we adapted I feel I feel like obviously we were able to make better use of our time if video games are indeed a good use of your time or not is up for debate but certainly I felt that I was able to play more games as we settled into working from home and I think we got asked I think people writing into the podcast would say I've you know uh hey guys like I've started playing more games recently or my partner's just started playing mm. more like mm. some of their questions some were related to that yeah yeah we we had a lot of recommendation questions yeah um it's escapism right we're yeah. all stuck at home sure. we're able to go out and explore stuff and there were so many incredible games that came out in the first half of 2020 as well animal crossing final fantasy 7 remake mm-hmm. uh, i think the last of us part two goes to tsushima like there's there was so much that came out over that first lockdown it was absolutely insane doom i think maybe was around kind of that time maybe just before um there was tons uh basically but for me it was a really good thing because it allowed it gave me outside of zoom quizzes which obviously i just really like which i adore big fan um (laughs) it allowed me to reconnect with with some uh old space school friends rather than old old school friends old school school friends friends. yeah some old school friends and we're still you know we're we're now we've now sort of re-entered each other's lives and everyone's getting married and having kids anyway so you know we see each other at weddings and stuff but we were playing like uh war zone every night and just hanging out on voice chat because no one had anywhere to go and i remember the day 
where things started happening again. And it was the first time where a message went around saying, anybody want to play Warzone tonight? And one of one of us said, I'm really sorry. I'm, I'm, I actually I'm, can't. I'm away this evening. And for, ever since then, we've just played less and mm. fewer and fewer and yeah. fewer, I think I mean. You do. Uh, and it's kind of sad, but it was a real force for good. I think gaming during the pandemic, it, it allowed us to escape to somewhere else, but also allowed us, especially with multiplayer games, especially with free-to-play multiplayer games, what's going on? <laughs> There's like, a bird, like, right up there. The, uh, it, like, tweeted. the vent. And Ashton, like, looked up to the vent, and I was just, I was trying not to look at the vent, and I saw Ashton look at the vent. We're just joined by a bird thought, in the studio. A bird! I just looked over, and there was no bird No there. sign of a bird there. No. Um, but yeah, it, 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 it let us stay connected with, with friends and family and loved ones as well. Um, I think it was a real force for good. The only potential downside that I can see is if you got like properly obsessed with like an MMO or something like that, mm. and you obviously I played could not. So much Destiny too, right? But and I mean, I like, was like, I'm done with. This I mean, now. like, really, like, yeah. problematically get yeah. obsessed with an MMO or similar, and obviously you've got, you can go for a walk, but only one per day, and you can't really go see anyone. But that kind of addiction, I suppose, would be an issue regardless mm. of whether or not the pandemic was on. Yeah. Uh, so I, d I don't really think there are any downsides to gaming. No, I was glad that. Um, Things like The Last of Us and Resident Evil, games about, you know, like epidemics or like post-apocalyptic worlds did not kind of depress me in that sense. The, I guess there's a chance that like you, that could have been a bit sort of, oh, God, like, mm. yeah, that's even worse. I think they're like just a little bit too removed. Yeah, from they are. Because through, was what like... I was going to say was the one thing that did uh, kind of get me was that I follow a... Um, a Twitter account that posts like old kind of 70s TV that is kind of creepy and, you know, kind of okay. might not get shown today. Uh, and they post the first episode of this show, this British like serial uh, about just a pandemic. And it's like just the first episode is that everyone gets really ill and then most of the population die. Mm. And then the rest of it is a bit like 28 days later where it's just like the world being rebuilt. And I tried to watch the first episode because it sounded like a really interesting thing. And just watching this episode of like, it, they were talking about like shutting down travel and like people couldn't go out and then everyone died. I was like, okay, no, I can't. I can't watch too this. Too close to the bone. This is way too close to the bone. Yeah, it was basically just if COVID was a bit worse, this yeah. is what we would be dealing with. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, fortunately, I didn't, there was nothing in video games that did that at the time, but... Yeah, you know. and obviously we, we stress that the pandemic is still ongoing. It is. And uh, while all of us were fortunate enough not to have a truly horrific experience during the first lockdown, a lot of people did. They did, yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. And uh, we'd be very interested, as I'm sure Cameron would be as well, to hear about your experiences and how perhaps if you had a harder time during lockdown and during the, the first stint of the pandemic, if video games really did provide a good distraction for you for, for a variety of reasons. Or maybe, you know, I'm sure I'd be interested to hear if, if they were a negative for you as well. If you thought, if, if you think, oh, in hindsight, I wish I played less or fewer games. Mm. Yeah. I mean, what else would you have done? Read a book, nerd? What? Shut up. Uh, <laughs> gosh. Let's move on to uh, something... A bit strange. Yes, like a bird trying to get into the studio. <laughs> it's time for weird news. Hmm. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's weird news time, time to talk about some weird video game news. Remember, we put out a little post at the start of the week asking for your weird news on Twitter and Facebook. If you comment or reply with your weird news, it could well be featured and you could get a shout out on this podcast. But first, here come the podcast producers who support us at a certain tier at, on on at slash at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. And we are going to shout them out because they sponsor weird news because they are the podcast producers. And here they come. Peter Austin. Nathan. Josh Plain. G.Y. Goliath. Sean Legg. Corey Duffel. Ellie Nicholas. Erica Hutchinson. Melody L. Bonnet. Katie Garrett slash Jared. We really do need to clarify. And Gabrielle Philippink. Thank you so, Thank much. You so much. Thank you, everyone. That's our podcast producers. Thank Peter, you what's your weird news? Uh, I just want to apologize to Nathan for saying Nathan. 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 <laughs> and saying everyone Nathan. else's with, with, you know, a lot more gusto. Nathan. There you go. I've said it twice. A bit more bisto there. Yeah. Um, prop my wood. Prop my gravy. I have a story that actually may well have been sent in to us on our social media posts. Uh, but this was actually just sent in, well, not sent into the show, but just sent to me in the school friends WhatsApp group that I have with my Old mates. Old school friends. Old school friends. I think that was submitted on Twitter. Was this one submitted? I can, you can, if you want, or I can check later. But that, now that was asthma. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Uh, so thank you to my friend Chris for sending this to me. Is he by extension our friend as well now? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Our friend Chris. Our friend Chris. Our friend Chris Conrad. This is uh, from PCGamer.com, written by Andy Chalk, Charlie's brother, presumably. Yes. Hates cheese. Yeah. Um, Star Fox actor comes out of retirement for a Half-Life 2 mod that replaces Alex with the sexy blue fox. Hell yeah. Estelle Ellis, the original voice of Crystal, hasn't voiced a game character since 2005, but came back for this mod. So here we go. If you've ever thought to yourself that the one thing that could make Half-Life 2 better is a sexy blue fox in place of Alex Vance, you've probably played Ga Gagnatars 
Alex replacement mod for Half-Life 2 that swaps out Eli Vance's daughter for Crystal, the primary heroine of the Star Fox series. Okay. Were you looking at me ready to say that it's been submitted? Oh, no, I was I was looking at Ben and we were just doing a, a look when oh, sorry, you were talking it was just about it. But I do, boxes, yeah. I do have who it was submitted by. Go for it. Was it was submitted by Michael Milan at Lord of the Penguins. Thank Lord you, of Michael Penguins. My lord. Uh, the mod was originally released in 2017 and got a significant upgrade in early 2018. But now it's taken an even bigger step into the big time with the addition of the original Crystal voice actor, Estelle Ellis, who is doing, quote, a complete rework of Alex's lines for the mod. It's an especially remark. It's a sp- No, this, I read that correctly, but it's a typo. It's an especially remarkable... No, I'm also... I'm wrong. <laughs> They use the word get as a noun, which you don't doesn't happen very often and threw me off. It's an especially remarkable get mm. because Ellis hasn't done any video game voice acting for close to 20 years. Moby Games lists her most recent credit as Perfect Dark Zero in 2005. That is an Xbox launch game. It's a long time ago. <laughs> Despite the long time away, she apparently didn't miss a step. Quote, in spite of doing virtually no voice acting work for well over a decade, she sounds quite natural. 360, an Xbox 360 launch game. Sorry, do carry on. She sounds quite natural as Crystal in this fan mod, says the Crystal Archive, a fan site dedicated to everyone's favorite blue vixen. Yes. She's definitely my favorite. Yes. Yeah. For that, this is another quote, for that extra bit of polish, Gagnatar even took the trouble to re- rewrite some of the lines to fit better with Crystal as a character in the game world rather than simply doing a word-for-word recreation, the archive says. The whole Star Fox meets Half-Life thing is kind of a weird mashup, but it does look and sound quite good in both the Kleiner Lab demo above, embedded in the video, uh, in the article, and the Eli Lab demo below. Um... Also embedded. As for how Gagnatar was able to convince Ellis to reprise her role for the mod. Why are you smiling at me, Ashton? (laughs) Say say Gagnatar one more time. Gagnatar. Uh, uh, As as for how Gagnatar was able to convince Ellis to reprise her role for the mod. He said in the... Dinosaur from Rugrats, isn't it? It is, Gagnatar. He said in the comments on the Kleiner video that he's been talking with her on and off for years and, quote, decided to just get her a decent microphone and we worked from there. (laughs) He also said she requested a reduction with the model's chest physics, which is why some aspects of Crystal's movement are more restrained in the Eli Lab demo video. So she has has demands. I'll do it, but at least less sexy. (laughs) Fewer sexy, please. Um, and then in parentheses, the article writer says, I don't see much difference, to be honest. So okay. they've done a side-by-side. They've, the, they've looked into yeah. it. Yeah. The Crystal Archive makes a point of being an all-ages celebration of Crystal, who first debuted in 2002 Star Fox Adventures. To that end, it has a strict YIF policy and is strongly... What is YIF, please? It's some kind of furry porn. It's okay. furry sex slash okay. porn. Okay. Uh, and is strongly against adult depictions of Crystal, be they written, drawn, or animated. A look at the mod offers a clue to why such a policy might be necessary. The original version of the character model was very much NSFW, which mm-hmm. is hyperlinked. I'm going to click it. I'm on the work network. It's taking me to DeviantArt. Yeah. It's giving me a mature content warning. He's confirming he's okay with it. Oh, I've got to log into view. Oh. We'll never know. Can I read the comments? Oh, there's also a link to it on Google Drive. Can I get to it there? That'll say to your Google Drive. If you're locked in. 
Uh, what are we looking at, Peter? What are you going to find for us? Porn. I'm going to log in with my porn. work email account. See, Peter's allowed well, to show us. So Peter's allowed to show us porn because he's porn. because he is a company director. He's allowed to show <laughs> That's us. That's true. You are not Ashton. With, with your explicit HR. bowling porn, we don't have it. We don't have HR. You have I'm to just... contact us. <laughs> um, it it just gives me um, all the assets for. I think it's a 3D model, and it's like here here are the bones and the textures and stuff. Oh, do so. do what you will with it. Kind yeah, of thing. brilliant. Mm. Um, so I can't get to it, but there's various related images that are just absolutely filthy. So okay. um, oh, and there's like foot ones. Oh my god! He's okay. not looking. At, okay, now he's locking his phone. He's spending a long time looking at them. I'm closing it. Okay. Thanks for that. The article may continue, but I've just closed it. Bookmark. So there we go. <laughs> Bookmarks <laughs> for later. Yes. Uh, Ashton. The issue of drinking this whiskey is I kind of want to go out now. <laughs> it is. You want to go out? Eleven thirty-two a.m. Yeah, yeah I want to go. Yeah, out, I'm out. genuinely really feeling the effects of this. Have you? I you am. haven't had that much. You had like a mouthful. No, now you're just on the Pepsi. Yeah, I've only had half of mine, and I don't want to have any more. But the, the the sad thing is, is that once you have some, you do want more. Yeah, yeah, I really want well, another cup of straight whiskey. Listen, we're doing a charity away. stream oh, later, and you can have some then. You can have some on stream. <gasps> oh, I would have worn off by then. I just won't eat all day, then I'll be fine. Okay. No. <laughs> I'm joking. No. I'm joking. This comes from Fergus Jeffs on Facebook. Um, the article's actually not that funny, but I just think the concept of it's really funny. Okay. Uh, it comes from Kotaku, written mm. by Cece Jiang. Club Penguin remake pulled by Disney, three arrested. The city police of London seized the unauthorized MMO, which had amassed millions of users. Oh, my God. It's not an NFT. It's dead. It's oh. not, that's just me adding a tagline there. That's should, a good tagline. It's good. <laughs> it is very good. Club Penguin was a massively popular children's MMO that was eventually acquired and later shuttered by Disney. However, that hasn't stopped popular clones from amassing millions of users. Now the official website for the most popular clone, Club Penguin Rewritten, has been seized by the City Police of London. So they've not got anything better to do. <laughs> Additionally, three people affiliated with the project were arrested, though as of today they have been reportedly been released. So, okay. yeah. First launched in 2005 and acquired by Disney in 2007, Club Penguin was the online MMO aimed at young children set in a cartoonish world of anthropomorphic penguins. The game's closure in 2017 has been followed by numerous unauthorized recreations of, on private servers, including Club Penguin rewritten. Um, as reported by TechCrunch on what was once a thriving Discord for, re for the rewritten community, only one post written by an admin now remains. It reads, CPR re CP rewritten is shutting down effective immediately due to full request by Disney. We have voluntarily given control over to the over the website to the police for them to continue their copyright investigation. Mm. Club Penguin re rewritten has amassed over 10 million users over the course of its run. The official webpage for its ill-fated games, where so many cartoon penguins once frolicked, is now home to nothing more than a brief statement. White text on a stark black background. It reads, this site's been taken over by Operation Creative. Police Intellectual Property Crime Unit, PIPCU, referencing a department within the City Police of London. Pipku. Pipku. That's a penguin, isn't it? <laughs> yes. He's that Swedish one. Yeah. <laughs> nod, nod. <laughs> rubbish. Um, according to <laughs> Not <a> rubbish. <laughs> according to a police statement given to a Club Penguin fan site... Three, three people were arrested on April 12th for distributing materials infringing copyright. They reportedly been released. Kotaku reached out to both Disney and the City of London Police for comment, but was not able to get an immediate response. Mm. Uh, mm. 
some um there's a lot of guff here but basically some some like people were um were like staying on the servers being like we're gonna stay here until they kick us out they were like hiding down the mines in club penguin being like you'll have to remove us forcibly as, as though you need to and physically then, yeah, hide they need to locate you <laughs> in game they had like this we can't right click on him he's too fast I saw a screenshot of a guy surrounded by I assume all of his puffles being like they'll have to remove us we're not leaving I thought you were going to say a guy surrounded by like a bunch of police penguins <laughs> with guns leave immediately need nude need nude oh very good that is good it's not good I want my epitaph to say he's not an NFT he's just dead <laughs> Okay. Please, cool. can yeah. you see to that? He's yeah. just an innocent man. Mm. He's just a normal man. <laughs> just normal man. Normal man. <laughs> just an innocent man. Uh, this weird news also comes from Fergus Jeffs, um, actually. Fergus been working overtime on the weird news. Off of, uh, off of the Facebooks. And it is from PC Gamer and Molly Taylor. Uh, Final Fantasy XIV players are making their character profiles horny as hell. Oh, hell dear. Yeah. It's a real theme today. Well, not with yours so much, Ashton, but even so. You're not horny about Club Penguin. So, always. So many asses is what it says in the subtitle. Final Fantasy XIV's newest patch has been out for a week now, bringing tons of neat additions to the critically acclaimed MMORPG. One of these is Adventurer Plates, a mini profile card you can jazz up with various backgrounds, frames, and the chance to take a cool picture of your character for all to see. So far, Lovely. yes, Peter, Lovely. so far, the feature has been an absolute hit with players. It's been a great way to add some creative flair and personality and checking out my party's cards has become routine whenever I join a raid or dungeon. <laughs> of course, it's also been the perfect opportunity for players to push the limitations of character portraits and the results are unsurprisingly horny as hell. Despite the game's best efforts to deter lewd adventurer plates, determined players have managed to get around it. While portraits are supposed to be only are supposed to only be allowed, sorry, if a character's face is fully displayed, the detection is pretty inconsistent right now <laughs> and easily exploitable. It's led to a mountain of butt photos, but there's also been liberal use of compromising angles to make it look like characters are performing various sexual acts. Even the calling card decorations themselves are being used to create the illusion of characters being naked. Would you like to see one? Yes. Yeah. For research purposes. For research purposes. Because Peter only looked at his porn on his own and didn't share it with the class. Okay, one of these Did you want to not, see her feet? One of these is not like the others. I'll show you, Peter. Oh, lovely. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, you see? And that's just allowed. That's I just, suppose her face is all allowed. in it. That's true. There is, an, there is another one. Is this how I get my first warning? There we are. So there's like a little bit of decoration that's covering up perhaps where a nipple would be, but you have to assume yeah. that the character is fully closed. Mm -hmm. They've just managed to do that. Uh, yeah, someone put in a little moogle over uh, sort of a, a booty hole there. You see in Wait, the middle? what's going on there? It's a little it's a moogle, moogle stickle. Stickle? A little moogie stickle. Uh, whilst the horny profiles felt almost inevitable, there have been some more family-friendly creations too. There have been some... I don't care about that. I care about the horny ones. Uh, so there we are. We'll see if that stays in there. Also bookmark for later. Bookmark yeah. bootcake for later. Mm. Uh, fantastic. Thank you, Fergus, for your contributions this week. It's time to move on to question three. Yeah, it is. Callum Story sent this in, uh, and Callum says, Hey, Bap, I've enjoyed playing Tunic, or Tonic, if you want to get tonic. wrong about this, so much that I've spent uh, <laughs> many, tonic. a Tonic's tea cake. 
Many, I've spent many hours and taken multiple pages of notes completing the puzzles and getting to 100% without using the internet for help. Hmm. It got me wondering if there are any games that hooked you in enough that you were determined to explore them without a guide and which puzzles slash challenges stick in your mind as being particularly satisfying to overcome. Huh. Thank you, Callum. Thank you, Callum. Thank you, Callum. What a story, Callum. Good story. Um, I don't... I don't really use guides unless I get stuck to the point that I'm like, there's clearly something in this room that I'm just not seeing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm probably looking at it and not realizing that it's part of the puzzle. And mm -hmm. so I just simply will not work out this solution because I'm not realizing that you can activate that from a certain, from standing in a certain way, you know, or something, whatever. So, uh, yeah, I don't like to use guides because I kind of feel like it's against the whole spirit of the thing. Um, so yeah, if I'm, if I'm 100% stuck, I'll maybe look up just the solution to that one puzzle. But uh, yeah, uh, it's very rare that... Well, I guess the question is, are there any games where you chose not to use a guide, which is kind of kind of all of them, really? Not to, not to brag about it. Um, but <laughs> I, I, You've I, never Googled a single thing in your life. No, I was going to say, but I, I have had to from time to time. But I always set out and not use a guide. Mm. Um, the, in terms of challenges that stick in my mind as being very satisfying to overcome... Uh, the what the one that came to mind first and kind of most prominently was several Kingdom Hearts bosses um, because they can be really tough. Like it's probably the closest I've got to the kind of Soulsborne experience where you really have to go in with the right equipment, the mm -hmm. right potions. You have to know when to do certain attacks, when to dodge, when to block and so on and so forth. You have to listen to like audio cues um so i mean i've only played kingdom hearts one but uh i i really when people say what's one of the hardest bosses you fought maleficent the disney the disney queen and it's funny because it sounds so absurd yeah it does that one of the hardest bosses i've ever fought is a disney villain but uh she was really tough she has two forms and she's got a health bar that you have to like whittle it down it starts like purple and you get it all the way down and then once you've done that it's it fills back up again and it's like orange yeah. and then you get it down and down and down Despicable. yeah um and then once you've defeated her in human with horns and cheekbones form she then turns into a dragon and you have to fight her all over again and it's yeah. even harder um and you have to know what you what you're doing there so like you need to i, I know that i think the typical uh strategy uh i googled it this morning for the first time because i didn't google it at the time i did it all by myself uh the typical strategy is to summon tinkerbell of course summon tinkerbell yeah. she'll heal you when when you need her she'll follow her, follow oh, yeah, her around i think i knew that i think i've heard that before i think mm -hmm. ben might have told me that when yeah I was uh but also sephiroth was incredibly difficult in the the, the hercules coliseum it's so weird that it's just final fantasy and disney isn't mm -hmm. it you'd think we'd be used to it by now but it's kind of odd. star wars in the next one hope you're ready for that yeah can't wait uh, and uh, the thing that I remember particularly about him is not just that he had a massive range because of his giant sword, uh, but also he has an attack where he he's uh, it's called Heartless Angel, right? And you know he's about to do it because he says, "Descend, Heartless Angel," and it sort of echoes around the Colosseum. And when he says it, I don't even know if you can interrupt him. I think you might be able to, but it's very hard to. And what he does is. He takes your HP down to one HP, so you're basically dead, and also all of your mana goes away, so you can't use heal magic. Mm. So then you're like, what do I do? If he hits me one more time, I'm dead. So you have to go into that fight with like 
10 elixir potions because health potions just give you health mm. ethers just give you mana but elixir gives you both mm. so you have to just take in loads and loads of elixir potions for whenever he uses that attack so you have to like just work these things out yourself and uh yeah i found that very satisfying defeating various bosses in that game nice Ashton. i also don't really use guides very often i kind of obviously i have to google the occasional thing where i'm like stuck on something but it's very rare that i'll like look something up how to do a puzzle or something um but i there is a i say i didn't use a guide actually i don't know what i'm saying but but in death loop I really enjoyed loads of the puzzles in Deathloop and like the kind of hidden things that you can find. There's still loads that I haven't done. Um, but I remember there's one where you can find like a kind of an underground like spy bunker, which gives you the uh, coordinates. Spunker. Sorry, a spunker. Please. <laughs> Sorry, a spunker. It's 11 in the morning. Um, where you like, if you turn the radio on at a certain time of day, it will give you like map, like coordinate so it'll be like m12 d7 or something and you have to try and figure out where in that quadrant on the other maps the other spunkers are so you have to go and find the other three spunkers mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and then once you find them you can like i don't know if they give you a gun or they give you some more information but i remember being like oh my god i'm the smartest person on the planet it's just as well you didn't google uh where are the spunkers yeah, uh, because the internet the will give you all sorts of answers exactly yeah, but um i remember like i figured it out um i was like had loads of notes in my phone of like so listening to the radio being like m 12 and then like was like looking on the map and i was i really enjoyed that puzzle and i think it's one of my favorite like in-game kind of things that you could really easily miss like there's a little note that says like oh um i've made the radio signal in the morning say it and then like you have to kind of figure it out but also i like the fact that when you find them there's a certain thing you have to do i won't spoil it to like get into them um whether that's like spelunking to the spunker. yeah to spelunk to the spunker um and I just really enjoyed that puzzle. It's one of the ones that, like, whenever I think about the game and I'm, like, enjoying it, I just think that was such a nice puzzle to kind of, like, do. And I just really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. So um, that's definitely one that I remember. And I, I really liked that puzzle. But there's there was loads of notes that I took for Deathloop. I was, like, constantly writing things down, which is, I think, the first time that I'd actively been, like, writing things down of, like, what do I have to do? What what have I got to do next? Or, mm -hmm. like, what I've just heard this, found a random code on a whiteboard I'm going to try that in everything. Well, I don't know what it fits. Um, and there is actually one game I did use a guide for because I got so completely stumped. 12 minutes. We're not <laughs> half in about that game anyway. And it was it was worth it. End, yeah, it was so worth it. But like there was a thing that you had to do that I was kind of half doing, but not quite doing correctly. And I lived like the same loop and I was trying to do this different things every time. And I was like, what is, oh, I can't understand this. And then I had to look up a guide of how to do it. And then once I got one ending, I was like, good enough <laughs> yeah. for me. Talking done. of guides and endings, one uh, an example of something I did have to look up is where all the secret towers are to get the special ending of Haven Call of the King, which is not worth it because it's just a shot of a city. But literally, you have to fly to planets, giants. I don't know how they managed it on PS2, but giant simulated planets that you can completely circumnavigate and somewhere on one of on each continent is like a big kind of geoglyph, but you wow. are not given any kind of compass. So I just had to Google like, which continent is it on? Which and it would be like the large landmass that looks a bit like India to the to the south of the planet. Like okay, right, cool. So useful because without okay. a guide, it would just have taken me hours and hours and hours to fly around all these giant 
desolate planets. So, yeah, mm. look that up, definitely. You like a guide, don't you? Mm. I love a guide. For your trophies. Your trophies. Uh, yeah, so I, I use a lot of guides for trophies. Games are almost universally easier now than, than they used to be. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot more accessibility stuff in there to just help people get the most out of the games that they have purchased. Uh, but even so... I would say that I use guides and, and not walkthroughs necessarily, but like I'll look up a YouTube video if I'm stuck on something without much provocation at this point because life is too short and there's too many games to play and I just, mm. just don't have the patience to stick around and really work it out. I didn't Google anything for Moss Book 2 and there were a few few stages like arenas that I was in that I just thought, what? what? I know I'm staring directly at what I need to do, but I just mm. cannot piece it together and i was able to work it all out eventually but a lot of it wasn't necessarily that satisfying it was just like well how on earth was i meant to see that i couldn't see that i didn't know i could even do that why couldn't you just put some text on the screen yeah. or something that's usually the case with most games that i play it's never my fault ever um so yeah i, I look up i look up guides when I need them, when I need to. Um, very, going to sound extremely privileged, but oftentimes we have access to games quite early on, uh, yeah. sometimes before they launch, and it is impossible to look up any kind of guidance yeah. in that scenario. And I have been in that situation a couple of times where I've just thought, okay, time to just sit here for half an hour and, and, and literally play it like a QA tester and like interact with everything in the room yeah. to just see if something happens. Um, but... I'm struggling to remember many examples of times where I've overcome a tough puzzle just because it's all just gone from my head at yeah, this point. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Pokemon Blue, the Pokemon games, again, going back and playing these games now, nothing. You know, these 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 pose no issue whatsoever. But yeah. at the time, uh, Pokemon Blue, the the game corner underneath, there were these uh, the, the Team Rocket hideout. There were these spinning tiles that you would stand on them, and they would fire you in a certain direction. You sort of spin until you hit either a thing that would stop you from spinning or another directional right. tile. And you had to choose the correct ones to get through the whole maze, basically. Mm -hmm. It's not that hard. Back then, though, that was my Everest. That was really tough. Right. Also in Pokemon Blue, just to sort of... I should have started with this one just to set sort of like a benchmark for how rubbish I was at this stuff. Viridian Forest, the first sort of big wooded area that you get to in the game. Um, there is... Uh, to exit, it's... Sort of, and this is purely the limitations of the hardware and how it was designed. There's just like this black void with two tiny arrows on the floor. I didn't know how to leave the forest. So for the longest time, because this is the first time I've ever walked through something in the game. Every other time it's just been walked directly up. If you go in a house, you walk back out the house at the bottom. Yeah. Um, and I was wandering around these woods for like maybe a couple of days, just not really sure how to leave <laughs> until I just embraced the void and then there was the entire rest of the game. Whoa. It was amazing. They had hidden it behind this really hard puzzle <laughs> where you just had to step into a black void. Yeah. Um, similarly, in Pokemon Gold, there's a bit where you're in another Team Rocket hideout at like a power plant type thing uh, near the Lake of Rage. And uh, there is a series of doors and a series of switches. And you have to use the switches in the right combination to open up the correct doors to get all the way through otherwise this one will open but this one will be closed mm -hmm. and so on and so forth again it's super easy once you know exactly what you're doing but um back then it was hugely it was a huge accomplishment to get through those it felt big anything recent where you've said i'm not gonna look up a guide have you played did, did you try and play elden ring without looking anything up or did um you... well the elden ring doesn't have that many 
puzzles in the traditional sense. Not even puzzles. I mean, I think it says challenges as well in the question. Like mine were yeah. boss fights. Just like, how do I defeat this boss? But I mean, I've I googled a a couple of really tough bosses just to see if they had any weaknesses or yeah. see if there were any like suggestions. Um, but none of it was really actionable advice, just because it was the the guides weren't that fleshed out slash mm. it was saying use this kind of magic I'm like, well i don't have any magic, right. so i can't that's not helpful to me at all uh, and also i absolutely did look up some of the the quest lines because they're so abstract yeah and you know in a, in a in a way that would almost make it impossible for someone to just do it naturally mm -hmm. uh, so yeah there's a couple of examples for you right there and uh, yeah, um, we're going to turn the page, and, and I think it's time for time uh, to move on big to the discussion. Uh, big, big discussion, discussion. Yeah. It's time for the big discussion. It's big discussion time. This big discussion comes courtesy of Harrison, who says, "Hi, Bab. I've been replaying The Last of Us recently, and while going through the stealth section in the village during winter, the game led me through the nature trail, which reminded me that this was the exact spot where, for the first time in my time gaming, I had to stop what I was doing to admire the mountains overlooking the lake and was taken aback. Jesus Christ, Harrison. <laughs> and was taken aback by just how beautiful games could be. This brings me to wonder, what game first made you stop in your tracks to admire a beautiful vist Windows Vista? Ah. Oh. Harrison, thank you. Thank Thanks, you so Harrison. much, Harrison. Talk to me about pretty games, but you I was thinking what's yeah, there are plenty of recent ones. Games are getting beautifuler and mm. beautifuler. Mm. Um but I thought, hmm, early-ish games that made me stop and go, wow. Probably the most obvious early-ish game is Oblivion. It's relatively early. I mean, it's not it's not that old, but you know, compared to compared to now, it is. Mm -hmm. Um standing just on a hillside in those lush green forests, looking at the Imperial City. You can see that tower from... Lovely lake. Yeah, the big lake. Probably the sun is shining. There's probably just a dead wolf next to you because they're just everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, that game was beautiful. And my answer to this question, because uh, I've got... I remembered an older one almost immediately after thinking it must be Oblivion. Um, but in both cases... It's, I think things like music really tap into that as well. Mm. Like, it's not just uh, how beautiful a vista is, but then if you've got like sound design, whether it is the music or just ambient noises, they can really just like elevate the experience. And in both cases, we're dealing with Mr. Jeremy Saul. Yeah, it gives the game a little bit of soul. It does give the game a little soul. Uh, so, Oblivion, Jeremy Saul was there to make oh, us. No, you shut up. <laughs> to make us look over this view and be like, oh, yeah, and listen to just those strings or whatever. But I remembered a much earlier experience with Mr. Saul, Dungeon Siege, right? It's a PC game, PC. Uh, it's a kind of a third-person, top-down-ish. It's kind of the the, um, the Baldur's Gate kind of angle, the Diablo kind of... Isometric? Yeah, kind of. Well, not quite isometric because I think that means that like each tile has to be the same there is, size. There is a tile. I'll look it up. There's a tile. But yeah, just a kind of a bird's eye, top-down, third-person mm. uh, thing. It's a kind of a hack and slash game where you can build a party as you progress. So you meet various people along the way, and they can just join you if you want them to, or you can go solo. Um, no, that is isometric. From yeah, sort of this from sort of the top top looking down at an angle. In terms of the angle, it is. I thought. I thought that technically isometric means that if you were to overlay a tile that's more sort of in the foreground on top of one that's more sort of in the background, they are still the same size and there's no sort of 
diminishing scale. But certainly, what the, the angle that you associate with isometric gaming, that's what we're talking about. Sure, yeah. yeah. You're, you're at the top and you're looking down. And you're looking it, down. But it's at an angle. It's at an angle. 45 degrees sort of. Yeah, but it has fully rotatable camera camera angles, I think, as well. So you can and rotate. You, Ashton's brain so just leaked out of her ears. We're really going in. This doesn't really yeah, affect. Yeah, it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. Well, I suppose it does affect the view because we're talking about camera angles. But yeah, uh, yeah you can. It's only pretty from this specific yeah. angle. No, you can rotate 360 around your character. And I think you can actually use your mouse wheel and like get more down to a third person right kind there. of angle as well. But anyway, um, yes. so uh, it's a hack and slash fantasy game. And. In this sort of first act of the game, you go through some nice like forests and villages and stuff, and you're fighting the Krug. Not, Not the, the Krug. Krug. They are basically just orcs or goblins or whatever, but you're fighting the Krug. And then eventually you're led into the crypts, which unsurprisingly have zombies in them. Oh my God. Uh, and I think spiders and stuff. Spoilers. Spoilers. And Jeremy Saul does lots of creepy dungeon music then for you to be creeped out by. Mm. And then eventually you make it out of the crypts, what? back out into the wide open. Yeah. He brings back the kind of nice oblivion style music. Uh-huh. And kind of off the beaten track. So you're kind of being led one way, but just off to the side, there's this kind of small forest. Mm. And I walked into the forest. And as you get in there, the trees kind of come in around you. You're in this nice wood. And they've, there's like God rays coming through the leaves. Mm -hmm. So there's just these beams just spat everywhere. There's, a, <laughs> there's, a, there's all these beams of light uh, coming down. And I was walking through this wood. And then in front of me, there was this deer just standing with like beams of light coming down. Whoa. And I don't know how intentional it is, but whenever I've replayed this game and gone, I always go back to that same spot now because I really like it. It's really peaceful. Whenever you walk into that bit and see the deer, the music changes and it's just this sort of trumpet going like, doo, 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 doo. it's a bit Mandalorian actually, mm -hmm. but it just sort of plays that and then it's kind of silent and it just does it again like, doo, 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 doo. and the, the deer like runs away. And I think it, they might have even intentionally put that as like a little musical cue in there for if you just wander into this clearing and see the deer and the, hmm. and the light. And I just remember that being a really kind of bit of an eye-opening moment because I was probably only about... I don't know, 12 or maybe a little bit older when I played this. So I've not seen that many really stunning views because at that time in console gaming, things were still only, you know, in their infancy in terms of like having really nice, pretty things to look at. You know, if you're talking late PS1, early PS2, um, things could still be a bit blocky and, and rough and jagged. But uh, on PC, things were starting to get rather pretty. And uh, get serious about this. Yeah, and that's one of the early memories i have of thinking wow this is actually like you could just take a little screenshot here and it would make a nice poster or print mm -hmm. or whatever just this deer in the woods with the sun beaming through so yeah that that's one for me for sure nice ashton i don't really remember like the first time that i had that kind of feeling but i definitely remember like games that i remember having that kind of feeling of like man this game is pretty mm -hmm. this is a nice game i remember when i was playing god of war and the the reboot and i we like first went into the um the lake with the big snake in it and i just remember being like this is dope this looks great like you've got like the whole kind of world like surrounding you and there's this big like thing in the middle and then when the snake 
is like active and suddenly like it's just kind of hanging out in the lake. I was just like, this is cool. This snake's just just here. Like you could just bob around the just snake. Pet, pet it. Pet yeah. the snake. Be its friend. Um, same with a bit from Assassin's Creed Origins of like riding around on a horse past the pyramids and riding around Egypt and stuff. I remember just like going through the desert and then there's like mirages and stuff in the desert and things that you encounter if you've been wandering around the desert for too long. And I remember there's one that's like the stuff, something like the meteor strike or like the stars start kind of falling. And I was just sat there like, what is happening? Mm. This is dope. And I, I remember like just kind of sitting there for a minute and watching what was going on and just like really enjoying it. Mm. Um, more recently, um, playing Horizon Forbidden West. I mean, Horizon Zero Dawn has got loads of like really beautiful moments in it, but Horizon Forbidden West has this moment where you're going down like a an elevator to like the main area of the map and you're kind of sat there as you like slowly descend into this like new area and you can just see out for like miles of like all this different landscape and all these like really pretty areas that you're going to be exploring. Again, there's loads of areas in Horizon Forbidden West and then at the end when you finish the game you've probably seen it like um during the um credits you're flying around and you can like see all the areas that you've like been to and mm. it's just really quite quite pretty um but the other day when i was playing final fantasy i can't remember what area i was walking into it might have been walking into Aerith's house for the first time and like the like floral and the mm -hmm. waterfall and i was just at the like this game man and this the Aerith's theme is Aerith's beautiful theme it's hard yeah. to say but Aerith's theme is yeah. one of the best pieces of video game music ever. and you're just sat there and you're like this is this is pretty good mm -hmm. this is pretty nice um but i just have like that feeling of kind of walking into an area and being like this is this is nice mm -hmm. there's no cockroaches or nothing this there's is no nice. cockroaches no scrap metal yeah. but there's lots of points in games but like again final fantasy 7 there's loads of like areas that you go to where you just kind of sit there like wow this is incredible like mm. they're just in like wall market is just there's some stunning Insane. views as well later mm. on in the game when you're when you're starting to get up to no good and you're up high above the city and you can just look out over yeah oh, it's gorgeous yeah gorgeous so yeah do you have any vistas I do have some vistas uh, to, to go back to oblivion when you first come out of the sewer after the yeah. tutorial and you, you opens up onto that I'm not even sure if it's it's probably the river at that point but it's just like it's it's just a beautiful day and it's so green mm. and there's like a little bandit camp across the way and some ruins oh it's gorgeous really lovely um and then obviously pretty much any open world game has those moments I would say mm. your skyrims your oblivions your elden rings most recently I've taken a few screenshots in that as well sort of posed taking mm. a screenshot mm -hmm. Uh, Final Fantasy VII, the original, there's this beautiful moment towards the end of the game where you're about to go and confront Sephiroth for the final time, or properly, depending on how you want to view this. Uh, and your airship is sort of tethered, and you've clambered down, and it's Cloud and Tifa who are just sort of sat under the stars, just like talking about mortality, basically. Mm. And like, you know, what, this is, you know, this is the end of the journey here. Everyone else is sort of buggered off for various reasons, I think, basically to say their goodbyes to people. Right. Um, and yeah, it's just a really lovely moment. Like uh, Tifa rests her head on, on Cloud's shoulder and they, and they just sort of sit there, even though they're blocky people. Blonk. Yeah, yeah, it's like <laughs> like like Lego bricks just stuck together. It's just a really beautiful, like touching moment, uh, like a moment of peace in this like crazy 
it, it, just high octane adventure that mm. they've been on. And yeah. it's just, yeah, it was, it was just really, even again, like it's all pre-rendered backgrounds and stuff. It's all actual artwork, but it was just, it was a very touching moment. I thought it was very, as far as vistas go, it's beautiful. But the example I was actually going to bring, because I think it might be the game that I've taken the most screenshots from. I'm not really sure why, but I think it's just it's just a gorgeous game. And that is um, everybody's gone to the rapture. Yeah, I took is a so really many screenshots yeah. of that game. And th I wouldn't say necessarily that that's helped by any music, as you said, Peter, mm. for other things. It's just there's this atmosphere to the game and it's so haunting, but it's also on a technical level really pretty yeah. like the whatever engine they're using i'm not sure which one it is it's probably one of the big ones uh it's what nothing i just <laughs> laughed it's one of the big ones it's one of the okay all right fine that's okay one of, the, one, of the, one of the big <laughs> one of the big ones um it's just a gorgeous game and i have so many screenshots because it's all first person there's no hud yeah like, look at this nice house look at this nice thing <laughs> i wonder trees. to what extent us being british whether we, we get more out of it than other yeah. than You'd think maybe it would be the other way around. Like if, if someone had asked me before I played the game, like, oh, who do you think will find this the most beautiful? I think, oh, maybe people not really familiar with English villages might think, oh, wow, look at this interesting, quaint thing. And to us, it would be a bit more mm. everyday. Not that we live in places like that, but... Yeah. Uh, it's so idyllic. Yeah, it is. I took loads of screenshots of the church when you go to the church and stuff is happening in there. And yeah, it's... Uh, it, it's a gorgeous game. There's so many amazing. Moments. I like playing in the laundry in that game. They have really good sheet physics. Yes, they the do. Just lines. running first person through sheets hanging yeah. off the washing line. <laughs> 10 out of 10 for that reason alone. Mm. Well, there we are. There's some beautiful vistas for you. What are your favorite vistas or sort of, I suppose, touching important moments from games that made you pause and, uh, and, and, and enjoy them? We want to hear it. Let us know in the comments and tweet us and get in touch through all manner of ways. I'm running out of word juice, Peter. Uh, can you use your words to do tell them? I'll do my very best. You can find us at Team Triple Jump pretty much anywhere worth looking. YouTube.com and Twitch.tv forward slash Team Triple Jump is where all of our videos and live streams happen. Mm. When we are streaming on both, we are modded by Lobrotovich, Trowling Badger and Mr. Black. Uh, if you've got Amazon Prime, part of the bundle is a Twitch sub, so you can spend that on us. We'll benefit from it. You'll benefit from it. Everyone's a winner. Mm. Uh, Twitter.com and Facebook.com forward slash Team Triple Jump is where you can go for our social media announcements and video content and occasional live streams and things. Fraser is looking after that for us. Thank you, Fraser. Thank but you, Fra Fraser. <laughs> Thank you, Thank you Fraser. Fraser is also looking after our TikTok along with Ashton. TikTok.com forward slash at Team Triple Jump. You can go there for ticks and or talks. Mm. Patreon.com forward slash Team Triple Jump is also worth looking at. There's lots of rewards available on there, including early worst and weirdest games ever, uh, asking questions on this podcast, being a podcast producer, and some even fancier things like, you know, paintings special and podcasts. merch and special, special podcast. Podcasts. Yes. Yeah. All kinds of things. We have a website. It's triplej.mp. That's triplej.mp. It spells jump. If you want to join our Discord and hang out with the wonderful community and chat with triple jump, it's triplej.mp forward slash Discord. And um, when Discord been modded by Jack, Joe, Tori, and Hollow Eyes, and if they tell you to do something, bloody do it. If you want to listen to the podcast in its audio forms, why not go to triplej.mp forward slash podcasts. 
uh, podcast singular. singular. Um, yeah. If you want to watch some of our live stream vods, we do many live streams a week. And if you've missed one, don't worry, you can still catch up. Why not go to www.jerd.mup forward slash vods. And if you want to buy some sick and cool merch, hang out these these t-shirts if you temporarily wanna temporarily get these t-shirts and support charity and also buy a cool t-shirt why not go to jibblejumpshop.com make sure you're following at jibblejumpshop on twitter for all new merch announcements if they because they might beat us to it mm. so there yeah so there uh, why not follow peter and ashton on twitter and instagram at that peter austin and at scrambled ashton and myself just on twitter at confused underscore dude we do lists every monday tuesday wednesday thursday streams every monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday thursday being the joint streams Play. On YouTube, the other weekdays being solo streams on Twitch. Worst games ever is fortnightly Friday for patrons of a certain tier Sunday for everyone else. And the podcast is every Saturday. We do shows all the bloody time. So go check it out. Go check it out. Go check it out. Go check it out. Check us. Chicken out. Um, why not leave a five-star review on iTunes or your platform of choice? It would it would help us very much. Why not? Something to do with Al Gore's rhythms. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash Team Triple Jump. Please go follow the page. We're really close now. Of course, there's the cat stream this week. I think triplejump forward slash cats. Either try with an S and try without. I think it's with an S. Uh, we'll take you to the donation page if you want to give. Now that the stream is over, you can still give. It all goes straight to Cats Protection, a very worthwhile charity. And, of course, these amazing shirts, triplejumpshop.com. All profits go to the cats. Only got two weeks to grab these, and then they're gone forever. Uh, so, yes, go do that. Uh, have we got anything else that we need to promote for this week? No. Oh, also we... this lovely uh, mm. whiskey right here. Thank you, Valentine's and uh, Borderlands, for sending us this. Thank you. Lovely whiskey. Yeah. It will get drunk. It will get drunk. It will, it will get and Ashton drunk. will get drunk. Do you have the uh, yeah. do you still have the sheets down there? Uh yeah. Can you promote Moxie's Twitter again? Because that's yeah. probably the easiest way to find out more you about can this. Follow Moxie on Twitter at at Moxie's Finest and on LinkedIn. Madge wow. Dash Moxie. It's two X's in Moxie. With two X's. Uh, and if you buy it, why not hashtag Moxie's Finest? Why are you drinking it? Why not? Why not? She's replying to everyone. I got a reply yesterday. Yeah, what said, she said? I said, give me, and she said, soon sugar. Oh. Ooh. And she was right. She was right. It's right here. Yeah. Peter. Yeah. There's just enough time to talk people through the sponsor again for this week, which is... We've mentioned it three times in the outro, but it's this cat shirt. This cat shirt. Get it. It's available for two weeks by pre-order because we're going to just print. We're going to get our orders and then just print however many we There'll need. There'll be none so, left over. Yeah. So if you want one, so lock it in. Take probably a couple of weeks to arrive, but it yeah. will arrive and it all goes to the cats. To so the cats. please do consider buying one. To the cats. To the cats. Thank you so much for listening slash watching, everybody. We will see you next time. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 